very much has like um a, an effect on me where it it kind of stabilizes me to some degree as opposed yeah, to Yeah, because like, you said it in the book and I I I've never heard someone explain weed this way and it made sense to me because I'm not a weed smoker. I was. Mm-hmm. I did every drug you can name. Mm-hmm. Uh but but um when you said, you know, it's funny. You said this in the book and it really hit me. You know, you you buy sneakers for your feet. No one says you need shoes, but yeah. you're willing to say your feet need some help or your yeah. hands might need gloves in the winter yeah. or your heart needs exercise. But no one ever talks about the brain might in no. fact need certain help in order to cope yeah. with the difficulties of life. And yes. and, you're th- and and you said I believe weed for me, you're not saying for the world, but for me yeah. weed lets me get through life in a way that is more pleasant and helps my brain in the same way sneakers help your feet. Yeah, and I think people stigmatize. People are weird about their brains. Brain, like, and it's funny because I also have this Alzheimer's charity where we do work with a lot of neurologists, and it's like I never thought like my the fact that I smoke weed all the time and the fact that I have an Alzheimer's charity would ever meet at any point. But where they do meet is is in the realization that people are so strange about their brains and that they just don't like thinking about their brains. Like brain health is something that our charity talks about a lot. And what's interesting is most people, like if I was to ask the average person, like how do you keep your lungs healthy? They'd say like, oh, you you don't smoke. Like how do you keep your body healthy? Like, oh, you you exercise. If you ask the average person, like how do you keep your brain healthy? They like I bet the answer most people will give me is like Sudoku or like a crossword puzzle or shit like that, which is literally like so useless on the grand scale of things as to how to actually keep your brain healthy. Like it is a body part. Like well, there are old else. age homes filled with people who did Sudoku, you know, <laughs> exactly. wandering into the wall. But, yeah. but you can do things to literally keep your brain healthy like any other muscle. You can keep your heart healthy. You can keep your lungs healthy. You can keep your brain healthy. And just like we do things to keep our hearts healthy. And if you have, you know, if uh, no one stigmatizes them, no one's like, what's wrong with you? Like, why do you need to exercise to keep your legs strong? What's wrong with you? Why do you need to, why do you need to rub Bengay on your legs? Because they hurt. What's why there's something wrong with you that you're, you're addicted to Bengay. There's like, it's a crutch for you. You can't function without it. And the truth is it's like, Again, with every other part of the body, we are very okay with the fact that we have things that help make them more comfortable, you know, glasses, everything, gloves, shoes, clothes, you know, toilet paper, like, no one's like, how dare you use toilet, like, you're denying the natural state of shitting, like, like, that's (laughs) not, that's not how we are, we accept, like, our bodies are fucking weird, and we we need to create a thing to wipe the shit off our asses, (laughs) like, and, like, how how come that's okay? But as soon as you're like, you know, my brain feels like it could use a little something to get me through the day. Everyone's like, there's something fucking wrong with you. Like, uh, and that is what's so strange is like, we can accept our bodies are not perfect in some capacities and that we need help and tools and things like that. But as, as whenever it gets to the brain, people like Tom Cruise are like, no, you should not need help. You should not need tools. It's it's within you to fix this problem, um, which is not true, you know. You know, it's funny because just this past weekend, supporting your argument, I, I saw uh, in the New York Times, it was one article about uh, the amount of research going into ecstasy, whatever the, yeah. the technical name for ecstasy is, that they're now, MDMA. 
Yeah, psychiatrists are now using that with great success. And the other article was certain diets like the Mediterranean diet. It was just this past weekend. Yeah. Are They're doing these blind tests and they're finding people's brain health is oh, yeah. and mood is completely affected by every food. And, and possibly sure. this MDMA is a big breakthrough. So, you know, who's to say what's helping the brain and what isn't? And why are we so closed off to that idea? I think it's just we don't like to think about. I think brains are scary to people, and so they just don't like to think about it. Honestly, like it's so mysterious that it just it it puts people off. Like, and I think the fear of losing your mind is is so scary to people that they just don't want to think about it. Honestly, Um, and the idea that like. Because if you're acknowledging you need to do things to keep your brain healthy, you are implicitly acknowledging that your brain might become unhealthy one day. And I think people would rather just not even think about that. The um, most brilliant But yeah, line. like you're saying, I mean, with Alzheimer's and dementia, like, they're finding, I think, something like, I don't know the percentage, a high percentage, 30 40% even more maybe, of cases are completely preventable by lifestyle changes. Um Diet and exercise, essentially. Um, and that's brain health. Like, but most people, again, doctors don't even treat, teach brain health because a lot of them aren't even trained to, it's like so not a thing people talk about. You had the most brilliant, like talking about health, you, you, you had a brilliant observation in your book that I loved. This is such a great line. I'm wondering when you came up with this, but you were talking about your first weed experiences and your friends would go celebrate with those Slurpees. You call them big ass Slurpees, you know, which yeah. are basically all sugar water, you know. Yes. And and you said um, eventually you went to the doctor and they said because you had so many Slurpees and so much sugar, you were pre-diabetic. And then your comment was this. And this is what was brilliant. You said, but aren't we all? <laughs> and i love that yes of course we are we're but, all pre-diabetic yeah. <laughs> until we're but diabetic you, but of course like all great books you have shitting stories in there and you oh yes um yes the all great books like all great i love shitting stories and seth has this, no this shortage had, of that. i got a doozy <laughs> he's got a doozy he had met his uh, the who now wife uh, Lauren's her name, right? Lauren. Yes. And uh, you were falling in love. And you even said in the book, all I ever wanted was a fucking girlfriend. Even when you were yeah. a kid, just want a girlfriend. Me too. I just wanted someone to love me so badly. Yeah. You know, I wanted someone to, not to fuck me, but to love me, to, to yeah. care about me. Yeah. I it, wanted to be in a, rela- yeah, I wanted to be part of a relationship. It just seemed, it seemed nice. Um, so yeah, I had, I finally got a girlfriend, Lauren. Um, and very early in the relationship, um, I had my friend at Nick Stoller, actually, the guy I directed neighbors. He, he had a bachelor party in, um, Mexico. Um, and when I, when you go to Mexico, everyone's like, don't drink the water and don't eat freshly <laughs> rinsed vegetables. Um, uh, uh, and do. for whatever reason, I had a lot of salad that I, I don't even eat a lot of salad normally, but I, for whatever reason, I think when someone told me not to, I think as soon as they're like, don't eat the salad, I was like, fuck you. Like, don't tell me the fuck. I'm on a fucking vacation. I can eat all the salad I want. Um, so I ate vegetables and salad and then I went. The, the, the bachelor party ended. I went back, uh, I went back to LA. Lauren picked me up from the airport, which felt very adult, um, and very like meaningful. It was the first time I'd cool. ever had a, 
a girl do that, you know. Um, we went back to my place, and she she spent the night, which was very lovely. And, uh, you know, again, it was very early in our relationship, so it was all very exciting. The next morning, every morning, uh, she worked at the time, actually, at the Universal lot um, in the same building I met Steven Spielberg in later. So uh, And so uh, every morning, I would walk her out to her car um, before she drove to work. Sweet. Which to be yes. a gentleman, it was sweet. Yes. So that morning... I uh, got up um, and was getting, I got dressed and I was in the bathroom. I was looking at myself in the mirror, just kind of being like, you kind of did it, man. Like you, you're in a relationship. You're going to walk this girl out to her car. Everything's going great. And then I uh, shat my pants as, as terribly as a human possibly could. Um, no warning. Just, just a, came a flying full out. Shit. <laughs> like uh, a complete, like not like, like a complete shit. Like, <laughs> and then at that moment, Lauren pops her head in the bathroom and is like, you ready to go? Well, you ready to walk me out to the car? And we were early enough in the relationship that I, I could not be like, no, I just shat my pants. Absolutely yeah, not romantic. I was yeah. concerned that that would, that would be bad. And yeah. so girls I get turned like, off by that. I've noticed. When you apparent, I think yeah. I've heard that's not a cool thing. <laughs> right. And so I was like, yeah, let's do this. Ready to walk you out. And I live on like a second story walk up apartment and I walk down and she has not smelt it. Thank God. And then we get, how to is the that street. possible? I'm, Seth? Seth, how I don't is it know. Possible? Honestly, I think maybe I like rushed down. Maybe I like hustled right. down the stairs, or maybe I sent yeah. her down before me and kind of followed her up a little bit. Right, and so you I'm didn't waft like, into her face. <laughs> the wind was in I your stayed, favor. I stayed uh, upwind. <laughs> you yeah. just got to stay upwind. And then we got to the street, and I remember hoping her car was parked close, and it was not. It was like a block up. <laughs> it was like uh. a block away. So I'm just like, because like once you've shat yourself, the last thing you want to do also is walk a block <laughs> in, in any direct just you're just it's like a weird walk. It in there just like yeah. and all you're just filled with like what is happening down there what is the situation how much how worse is, is every what I'm, I'm, I'm squishing it around i'm smearing oh. it around in there it's just a terrible thing with a and woman so, oh. exactly and so horrible. i'm just i'm walking into her car and i know she's gonna like hug me and kiss me when oh. we get to the car and that i'm i'm like playing that out in my head just like how do i keep my ass out how do i just like how do i keep this going <laughs> by some miracle i got her to the car i guess i stuck my ass as far away from her as possible i kissed her she drove away and she never found out about it i just i remember standing there on the street like covered in shit just watching her drive away being like maybe one day you'll marry that woman oh my god <laughs> you got to away with murder you really did there are so many stories in the book I know I've kept you a long time, but there was one. Oh, no, it's no problem. I mean, man, you were talking about, even when you started writing, Seth, when he was a kid, he was doing stand-up, and then he got a job to write jokes for a moyle, the guy who does circumcisions. <laughs> you know, a moyle like, needs jokes? <laughs> that's what I That's thought. the point in the book. <laughs> Seth got paid to write yeah. jokes that i forget the guy the guy the guy pulled up in a ferrari or something yeah so i he saw me do stand up and he gave me his card and was like will you write jokes for me and, and his card said he was a moyle and so i wasn't i was confused like does he want jokes for his moyle service and i'd never been to a circumcision also so i had no i had no idea what actually was even happening at these fucking things like i just knew i knew they cut the tips of the the dick off dick. of the baby 
And that's really all I knew. So I was just like, is that a situation where jokes are at play? Is that, I, I kind of pictured it. It's, it's like, it's like a surgeon coming to you and being like, you know, I perform rhinoplasties, but I want some bits to warm up the fucking crowd for it. It's like, what? Um, so he did in fact want jokes for his service. And he was like, I, I, I thought it'd be good to like break the ice a little bit. So, okay, that actually kind of makes sense. You know, people are nervous. Um, so he said he would pay me 50 bucks a joke that I wrote. Um, and I had like a week and then, yeah, he picked me up from school. Uh, there was a seven 11 across the street from my high school. So that's where we all hung out. And one day after school, <laughs> I was, I was there with my friends, uh, Sammy and Evan. And, um, I was like, this, uh, Moyle's going to come pick me up after school and, uh, it's going to be fucking awesome. You're going to pay me all this money. I wrote 10 jokes. I was like, 500 bucks. Yeah, how old were you and, then, uh, at that point? I was like 15, 14, maybe 14. Like yeah. That. So it was a big deal for, you know, 500 bucks is a lot of money. Um, and so, uh, he pulls into the parking lot in a Ferrari. Um, at which point my friends are like, don't get in that man's car. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I mean, what was a moil doing with a Ferrari? My head was spinning when I was I reading this. No, this dude, what? I mean, I guess you and of pay course, what they charge when it comes to cutting your son's dick. <laughs> like, it's a big business. You don't want to negotiate that. You don't want to be, you don't want to get right. the discount guy to do that. <laughs> but, but by the way, I should point out, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, that uh, the $500 was your way to buy a ton of weed. Everything I was going to buy a ton weed. of weed. That was my <laughs> Cool. Yeah. But that's why you uh, needed the five hundred. Actually, shrooms. I wanted to buy a ton of shrooms. Shrooms, um, right? Okay. And uh, so, yeah. So, my I was like, why? My friends were just like, don't get in the car. And I was like, why? And they were like, dude, like this guy's his job is revolving around little kids. Dicks, and you were a child, <laughs> and, and you were about to get a loan in a car with, and this guy's got a fucking Ferrari. Like, what kind? Like, who? Like, what? What car is more appealing to a child? Like, so here you are, about to. This guy's life is revolved around the penises of children, and you're gonna go get in this fucking car with this guy. And and it hadn't occurred to me at all. Like, I, I was just blinded by the money. And I remember, it's like it was like the opening of Mystic River. Like, I just was like, I don't. know. I was like, I think I gotta get in this car with this guy. And like, <laughs> Way. Were like don't do it and i was like i think he's gonna give me five hundred dollars and so i got i got in the car and uh he did not uh do anything untoward except try to rip me off honestly he didn't want to pay me he was like i want to only give you 50 bucks for the jokes that i'm gonna use and i'm like well that's fucking bullshit because what if you what if you don't use any of these fucking jokes and i just spent a ton of time do, like you can't do that that's like if you like go to a restaurant you get order a bunch of food and just pay for what you eat like you, you pay for all right it. <laughs> And if you don't like it, that's on you, man. Um, so he. But did what a ballsy me- kid! What a ballsy kid you were! I mean, you like like a lot of kids would have said, "Okay, you know, just pay me for the ones you use." You were like, "No, fuck you! I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna I work." I remember and- being like, "Fuck you" to this guy because also he had a Ferrari. I'm like, "You can't claim you don't have the money." Like bad play. Also, like don't pick someone up in a Ferrari and then try to fuck them over when it comes to the payment. By like, the way, I knew this guy had money. <laughs> if there's one thing this fucking guy had, it was money. <laughs> I was shocked how good the jokes were that you wrote for him. Did you, I, I don't recall them. Uh, do you? Re, what, what, what was? Just give me a couple of them because people would be amazed that you wrote these. Some, for, uh, do you I remember? Found them. My mother had found them for the actual. Well, he still tells the jokes. Is how yes. I was able to find the jokes. Is um, there was one about. Um, like oil, there was like a chainsaw joke. Like, give me a second while I oil up the chainsaw. That was one. There was one about um, like. 
Like, how many kids? Like, he's going to be the coolest kid in nursery. How many kids his age have survived a knife fight? That was one. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> one about, like, uh, I can't make, it's like, I can't make salad at home. I go through a half hour service before I can cut up the carrot just out of habit or something like that. <laughs> it was, I, mean, I was a teenager. But it was good terrible. stuff. Uh, no, but, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, he ultimately paid me the 500 bucks and, uh, yeah, and he's still, I was told this man has circumcised actually a lot of my friends' <laughs> kids because he is still operating to this day. And, uh, apparently he still tells these fucking jokes that he paid, uh, 500 bucks for in, in 1996. So, <laughs> so by the way, he did. He's still telling the jokes. Yeah. Seth's book is called Yearbook. And um, it, it really, it's great. And, and, and in fact, I'll, 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 I'll tell you this. For those of you who love lists, Seth, much like our own John Hine, has a <laughs> list of his favorite fast food restaurants. Because wow. uh, you, you got burned by an angry Whopper one time. And I, I did get burned by arrested. an angry Whopper. <laughs> yeah. You went to Burger King. I'll, I'll, I'll set it up for you. You went to Burger King. You ate a Whopper. And then you ended up on a plane right before you were taking yeah. a flight. And yeah. you had a strange reaction to the Whopper. Well, I also was very hungover and had eaten a really powerful wheat brownie. So I, there was two <laughs> other things at play. Uh, so I, I will not, I will not say it was a, yeah. So I was, I had an early flight and I was very hungover and I ate a really strong wheat brownie, which Seth, is a you love to push, you love to push the limits, don't you? I mean, part we, of my it's brain always... is just like, let's see what happened. Well, I felt so bad. Part of me was like, I can't feel worse than this. So like the only thing that could happen is I feel weirder than this, which well, maybe the constant... is a good, is a pre preferable thing. <laughs> the constant theme in the book is like you always go when you did acid, you go, I should do more acid. I should push it to the limits. And even with mushrooms, when you take a handful of mushrooms, you go, let me push it to the limit so I can see. But, you know, you can lose your mind doing that. You do have you to be can. careful. And I, I'm not pushing it. Right. But it's not like I'm doing heroin and being like, maybe let's see how much. Like, I'm, I'm pushing it with drugs I feel generally comfortable with, you know. Um, yes. But, yeah, I, I ate a really powerful weed brownie. Um, and I was at the airport and I was not feeling good. And then, and it was very early in the morning and I, uh, I went to a Burger King, which I would rank as the worst fast food restaurant, probably. <laughs> That's like, what I, our I own John Hine, our own John Hine wrote yes. a book about fast food and he ranked Burger King as the worst. I it don't is know the why. worst. It's why disgusting. is it? Why I don't know it? why. And the, they, they call like, the fact that their instinct was to to call their best product a Whopper is a fucking weird. Like, what, what is appetizing about that? Like, it, is, it, is, it is an objectively unappetizing word. Like, it is it is totally crazy. They had a thing called chicken fries for a while. Like that's it, it's run by crazy people. Totally, well, as someone totally who was wild. a fast food addict for a while in my life, yeah. I did enjoy. Uh, Burger King, although Roy Rogers was my favorite. But anyway, you were yeah. saying, what, to tell so, yeah, your reaction. So they had, yes. It was very early in the morning, and they, I noticed a product called the Angry Whopper, which was a Whopper with like Chipotle and jalapeno peppers. Um, <laughs> and it was like a nuclear uh, spicy uh, Whopper. And I guess part yeah. of my brain was like, I think it was like electroshock therapy. I was like, maybe this will just like shock my system back into place. Like maybe this will be like just a powerful, weird thing to introduce into my body that it kind of just like realigns everything. So I ate the Angry Whopper very fast. I downed it incredibly fast. And it actually made me feel a little better for a bit. So I get on the plane and I fall asleep right away. Um, 
But the angry whopper, I think, because of all the jalapeno and the chipotle and all this stuff, I start. I and I'm hungover and I'm really high from this weed brownie. I'm sweating like like a like a crazy amount. Like truly, like I am I am I am drenched in sweat, and I fall asleep on the plane and am woken uh, by a, a, a stewardess shaking me awake. Um, her hands clutching my very sweaty arms and she's screaming, you've had a seizure. You've had a seizure, <laughs> um, which was a very startling thing to be awoken to. Also, cause I didn't, I felt, I felt fine and I didn't, I felt good, honestly. <laughs> and I didn't feel like I had had a seizure. And, but the woman was convinced I had had a seizure and she yells, is there a doctor on the plane? And it, at which I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and then a, an arm shot up and was like, yes, I am a doctor. <laughs> and a doctor came over, starts checking on me, starts doing the flashlight eye thing. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Honestly, and the truth is like, I don't fucking know. Like, I, I'm high still. I have this angry whopper. I don't know what's going on. I'm just confused <laughs> and disoriented. I'm hoping, I don't think I had a seizure. I've never had a seizure. So in my head, I'm like, I don't think I had a seizure, but whatever. I'm going to let them check me out. So they check me out. I feel okay. They're like, just sit here. I turn to the woman beside me after the doctor leaves, and I'm like, did I have a seizure? And she's like, I don't think you had a seizure. <laughs> she's like, I think you just, she's what like, you just look, she's like, you're just sweaty, and I think you were just sleeping, like, you're just gross. Bobbling around. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're just a fucking mess. Like, when I did, when I look at you, I just see a mess. I don't see a guy who, who had a seizure. Um, and so, it kept, so in my head, I'm like, fine, thank God. But then when the plane lands, they come to me, and they're like, just so you know, uh, an ambulance is waiting for you. <laughs> um, because of the seizure. And that's when I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I had to like, and, and I got off the, there was a wheelchair waiting for me, a stretcher, all this shit. And I like, I was like, I, I was like, look, I had a weed brownie and an angry whopper. I think that's what's wrong with me. If I'm being totally honest, that's this a commercial a seizure. This was a weed brownie and a terrible hamburger from Burger King. By the Burger way, for King. those, for those of you who do care about fast food, and I think, um, um our, our own experts agree on this. Seth puts Shake Shack and In-N-Out at the top of his list. Chick-fil-A mm -hmm. is next and delicious. But I love how you say, and I, I like this about your integrity. He goes, but they're full of religious bigots, so I'm not going to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I have friends <laughs> I have friends who hate the Chick-fil-A, uh, you know, attitude. Philosophy, yeah. But but they all go. They don't care. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, I haven't but, been in a really long time. And I think, thank God, actually, like Shake Shack, I think, made a hamburger. That, or, like, I think, or McDonald's. One of them made, like, a knockoff Chick-fil-A thing that actually is... is Pretty good, I would say. <laughs> and then, and Popeyes rated very well. Churches and KFC, as uh, yep. you went down Jack the list. Jack in the boxes. I, I give some special. Uh, I give a special mention. Yeah, you Jack like uh, Jack in the fast food. Fast food drives me nuts. When I was a kid, there was a place called Wetsons, and you would go oh, to yeah. Wetsons for burgers and stuff. And White Castle was around too, but yeah. Wetsons should have been the biggest thing. They were the first. They were before McDonald's. And I would love to read a book why Wetsons failed. And McDonald's what succeeded. What happened? What, that's your next book. You have to look what into What happened this. exactly? <laughs> By the way, <laughs> he took a weird word when he did a really like deep investigative dive into what happened to Wetsons <laughs> with his second book. Never recovered. <laughs> never made another film. But, exactly. You know, <laughs> by the way, the, the the book is called Your Book, and I really, really, truly do recommend it. I think Seth's uh, honesty is fabulous. Um, there's a story in there. At one point, he was trying to, you know, he wanted to smoke weed, but he also wanted to sell it so he could make money. And it was just heartbreaking that you got jumped 
Um, yes. Yeah, it was really an unbelievable story. It was such espionage. You got jumped by some people who tried to rip you off. You made a deal to sell them some weed. And it went horribly wrong. You you um you, you got jumped, and then it turned out one of your friends had turned you in. Um, yeah, so that was a crazy story. Yeah, so like we wanted to buy a bunch of weed in high school, me and me and uh, one of my friends, and we yeah, there was a guy at our school um, named Billy Yang who uh, he yeah, we were not that nice to him. I will say, <laughs> he was a kid, like looking back, I was like, we just weren't that nice to this kid. Well, I think he was new at our school, and like I was kind of an asshole. I think at times, also in high school, like I I, I was very self conscious, but people would laugh at me, so I think I, I would make fun of other kids just to get laughs. You know what I of mean? Of course. Um, it was all I had. Um, it's self-preservation. So, yeah. Exactly. So one day uh, this guy heard that we wanted to buy a ton of weed. So he came to us and he's like, there's some guys I know from another high school that will sell you uh, 60 grams of weed for like $300, which is like a crazy deal. Um, and so we were like, yes, absolutely. Um, and so they were like, we'll meet you. They, they wanted to meet us at the Crescent, it's called, which is a park in like the middle of one of Vancouver's fanciest areas, actually. And it's surrounded by all these kind of big mansions. It's like a circular park right in the middle. Um, but they wanted to meet us at like 11 p.m., late at night. And I remember we were worried we were going to get robbed. And so we, I remember very clearly being at my, in my bedroom, like preparing to go to this meet. And my sister was going to drive us because we were too young to drive. Um, and, <laughs> and we, what a I deal. Remember, I, we were like, let's bring weapons to defend ourselves should we need it. I had a pair of nunchucks that my dad had <laughs> bought me at a flea market, like wooden nunchucks. It's, it's like, because yeah, you so were a karate stupid. guy. You <laughs> took karate. Like, no one has ever actually used nunchucks to defend themselves in the history of humanity. Right. So I, I put, I remember I was wearing like a hoodie with like a kangaroo pocket and I remember putting nun, my nunchucks in it. And I remember my friend, I had like a souvenir Seattle Mariners like miniature baseball bat that was maybe like 16 inches long and i remember like it was like a ken griffey jr souvenir i remember giving that to my friend being like okay i got my nunchucks you got like this little souvenir baseball bat <laughs> like if anything goes wrong we're 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 ready here we're safe yeah um and so we meet the guys at the park and they they were like do you want to sample the weed and there was three older they were like 18 it seemed like which to us was horrifying um and they were like do you want to sample the weed which we'd never been asked before but it, it seemed very adult and so we we're like yeah well we'll we'll sample it and so they gave us a joint of it that only we smoked and they didn't and and i and me and my friend still are very convinced it was laced with like angel dust or cocaine or something like that cuz it like really fucked us up <laughs> to a degree where we were just like did not know what was happening but i think mostly in our heads we were like this is great weed like fantastic like we're, like we're getting this is we're getting really good weed what a deal this, from these guys what a deal um then they lure us. They're like, okay, now this isn't a good place. Me, come around this corner here, basically luring us into like an alley behind a school. And they're like, we'll do the deal over there. And again, in retrospect, it's like, we're so fucking stupid. Like all they're doing is handing us what is essentially supposed to be like a shoebox sized thing. Like, why does that have to happen somewhere else? Why can't that just happen? We're smoking a joint in this park. Just give us the fucking weed. But they wouldn't do it. So they, and we're so stupid and we go and follow them and meet uh, them around this little corner in this alley 
And as soon as we get there, one guy pulls out a backpack. All three of them reach in and pull out butcher knives, like like that are like a foot long, huge knives. And I'll never forget the guy's wording or how he said it. He holds up his knife and he goes, "You guys are getting fucking jacked." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, <laughs> this is all gone south." Unbelievable. And I, and it is like time slowed down. I remember thinking like. Please, dear God, do not let my friend pull out that uh, Seattle Mariners baseball bat. Like, I just oh. don't want this to devolve into, like, a nunchuck baseball bat butcher knife <laughs> um, brawl. Because I know we will not win. Like, right. we, will, we will die here. If, if that is what happens, it will not go well. Um, yeah, and ultimately, we ran away. Ultimately, I remember. Yeah, I, I, I love that. You were smart. You, you, they wanted smart, your but money. It was also, I, I went to my friend. I go, on the count of three, run. One, two, three. And I ran. And, yeah. and, and, that fast and like it all happened so fast like i was like 10 feet away and my friend i don't think he heard me or something like that he was just standing there like what the fuck is happening and i was like run 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 and we ran away and they chased us for a little bit and then they they actually stole uh my friend had like a we called the holocaust necklace which i talk about in the book is like every jew is like a holocaust thing which is like oh there's a holocaust necklace or like a holocaust watch which is like hypothetically like a thing that survived the holocaust and so my uh friend had a holocaust necklace and the guy stole it and he was so unhappy about it but then um this guy billy who arranged it we went to school on monday it was very traumatic we go to billy we're like what the fuck the guys robbed us he's like i who i didn't know that was going to happen i'm so sorry but we were always a little suspicious that he set us up and billy actually brokered a deal where we were able to buy the necklace back from the guys um which was also a little suspicious but he always claimed that he had nothing to do with it um and then like three years ago my friend that I went to buy the weed with is at a party and this guy, Billy is there and he comes up to him and he's like, I set you guys up. Uh, and it's the, it's one of the worst things I ever did. I've always felt bad about it, but he's like, you guys were assholes to me. And so I set wow. you guys up. What a thing I, to admit. I walked you into the situation where I knew you were going to get robbed and I a hundred percent did it to fuck you guys over basically. <laughs> By the way, uh, yeah, it's an incredible apologized. story. Yeah. It's amazing. And I never, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, thing. and here <laughs> you are, you know, here you are now. You got your own weed company. Like mm -hmm. your dream has come true. And it I really was thinking has. about this. I don't know. I don't uh, know the business of this, but I said, I believe you're going to be a billionaire from weed. I think, you know, I know a lot of That'd celebrities. I'm going to tell you something. I, when I watch, I follow you on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And when you have your products, you know, your ashtrays and your weed and you have different, you've already named it like cool ice pancakes or some, I don't know what the fuck. You, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, it says, Diablo. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's in these little tins. Aren't they adorable? Beautiful. <laughs> Let me see it. Let me open it He's up. He's really taking time with this. I mean, that, that doesn't look like the weed that I used to buy when I was a kid. It was all seeds. That's beautiful. Look no, at that. these are really, it's, uh, yeah, they're nice big buds. We sell big buds. <laughs> How much does a, a, a can of that cost? Bud. Like a, with, the, with those buds? $65. There's taxes 65 bucks. Wow. And that yeah. can last and you a while. And how many, like, yeah. roll, I mean, joints can you get out of that? Uh, it's an eighth. I'd say I roll joints that are maybe a slightly more than half a gram. So, uh, I'd say like six or seven joints, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Right. But I'm thinking. I, I go through like one of these a day, I would, I would say. <laughs> Do you really? 
I'm yeah. I'm thinking I, that would last me a month. I'm thinking yeah, so a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, like I take a hit and then put it down. But I, I'm thinking you're going to become a billionaire because I think people trust you, especially like reading your book. It's very very honest, you know, and yeah. you seem to be a man of integrity. You know, you take a stand on a lot of things, and I, I really do. I really do think that way of you, and I Thank think you. people trust you with this weed. And so putting your name on it, like, are you, how actively involved are you in this? I mean, are you? Hugely. I spend as much time working on it as, as I do film and, uh, and our other things. And, and we've been working on this for almost 10 years. And truthfully, like, I view it, I love it. I love weed. And, and I've seen that I'm able to talk about it and communicate what I love about it in a way that, that people, other people who love weed, uh, that they uh, they it, it rec- they receive it well, you know. Well, they relate yes, to it. You've um, always, so, yeah, you've always been honest about your weed use, and like I remember, like years ago, people saying to me, "Don't talk about smoking weed in yeah. Hollywood. Nobody wants to be involved with somebody who's into drugs." You know, it was a very very touchy subject, and you were always like, "Not only do I want to talk about it." I, I want to, you know, I, I, I want to be open about it and I'm not worried about not working in Hollywood. And yeah. you've always been very upfront about using weed. And I, I like that your honesty, you know, I, I trust that you would have a good product. I do. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, we worked really long. Like, if I wanted, I could have, like, slapped my name on a weed brand 10 years ago and just done right. this, you know. But we... I, we really wanted to create again, like like we were saying about the movies and stuff. Like, I wanted this to reflect me and my sensibilities and and what I love, and 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 that's why, like, you know, we spent so much time on the packaging and the design because it, to us that was very important, and to me it was super important that that weed look good and that it be treated like a good product like Mm. weed to me is one of the best products there is you know and in a world Mm. where like our headphones get beautiful packaging and you know things that are objectively not incredibly special get treated very special um i very firmly felt that weed should be treated that way and that we should create a product that feels very considered and very thoughtful and by doing that i thought it would destigmatize weed in general because if something is presented in a thoughtful considered way it makes it seem less illicit it makes it seem um less controversial you know um it makes it seem more uh more like any other great product that 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 is being elevated by the people mm-hmm. who are who are selling it you know and so that was really a lot of the philosophy behind what we wanted to do with houseplant was like we kept saying like we want to be the company that weed deserves cuz like to us weed is the best product and it deserves to be treated like the best product and 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 not a lot of other weed companies we felt were like really con- putting in the time and consideration to think like how do we present this product in a way that is new and exciting and and as thoughtful and considered as as the other great products are you know um yeah and what so, is the business set though like do you have to go to like venture capitalists to get the money together to no I, I, we've funded it all ourselves basically what do you wow. mean you you put up all the money to, yeah, to me and my start- friends we have a few people now um but no we we are i am one of the basically like 
yeah, I'm, me and a few other people are the owners of the company. Is it a tremendous amount of money? And are you excited about all the, the uh, freedom now with, with more people in the states uh, legalizing yes. pot? That's a big deal, yeah, right? It needs to be federally legalized. Like, right. And as long so as one... they're still, they are still putting people in jail for it, which is fucked. Crazy. Like, it's but, insane. But, but I actually Seth. think they put more people in jail for it than anything, which is fucked. Um, and I think, honestly, a lot of even Democrats... And people who consider themselves progressive and left wing do not understand why weed is illegal and that it is for racist reasons. Don't understand that it should never have been illegal in the first place. Don't understand that a lot of the things they've been led to think about weed are wrong. Um, and, and it's honestly very upsetting. Like I, 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 I would hope that like the people who consider themselves progressive in American politics would be doing a lot more to correct the wrongs of the the war on drugs and all this shit that's been happening in this country, you know, like, but it's not moving as fast or as drastically as one would hope. Uh, but Seth, the, 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 what I was trying to get to is the business of putting up money or, yeah. you know, they always tell you in business, don't put up your own money, you know? I know. And I never yeah. have except for this. I've never put my own money into one of our movies or anything like that. I've bought right. a song here or there, things like that. Right. This was different. This I was like, I believe in this. I I I think it's something I want complete control over. That was very important. Um we didn't want to answer to investors. We wanted well, what to... is the investment, Seth? What what kind of money has I would imagine there's a lot of money that has to be put up. Like like Um, there's quite a bit of money. <laughs> is it millions of dollars that yeah, you've had to put up? So you've taken millions uh, yeah, of your definitely. own. Definitely. Wow. Um, for sure. But it's something that I I see it as um a very unique opportunity that i that the more control we had over it the the more poised we would be to create the product that we wanted to create and create the company that we wanted to create because we also how many guys went in with you seth how many guys are involved in in your company of house um there are men and women there's uh i mean there's like five founders uh i would call us and then there's maybe 15 people who work at the company uh total wow um, yeah. And we have like, uh, yeah. And we'll, one day we will probably go out and raise money that, like more infrastructural if we expand, but right. all these, pro cause the truth is like, we, we also have these home goods and that was like a very big part of what we wanted the brand to be was we are selling these beautiful ashtrays and table lighters and things like that. And, you know, it's such a strange business that we have. It's like we sell weed and home goods. Like yeah. it is an odd. <laughs> we also sell records. We made vinyl records. Like it, yeah. it, it's such a strange specific thing that we were like, we just want to do this on our own. We don't want to answer to anyone. We don't want to have to explain this to people. We don't want to have to like get permission to run the, to, to make ads or any, we just want to do it. It was an experiment in complete autonomy, which was something that again, as a filmmaker, you don't have like, you, you know, just by the nature of making a movie, there's so many people involved um, that you can't just do whatever you want. You can't just be like, I want this to be the commercial for the movie. I'm going to, I'm going to make this myself and then put it out there online and that'll be our advertising campaign. Like you can't do that. But for this, and what kind of boss we did you? that. <laughs> would you, would Is you allow, would, would you allow, company? would you allow your uh, employees to smoke weed at the job? Are they allowed to, they are. Oh Yeah. 
as long so, as it doesn't impede their uh, performance or their ability to do their job like i'd be the most hypocritical boss <laughs> in the universe if i told people but i, I would think but i would think even if i owned like a booze company i wouldn't want the employees smoking booze i mean drinking uh, booze drinking. while they yeah. were a do it's different while though they were... B- booze is a, a very inebriating substance i don't think weed is the same you know? <laughs> uh, yeah are you the top uh, boss uh seth are you like in a board um, no, there's like four founders, uh, five founders. Again, we have a CEO, but again, we're all friends. Okay. So there's like literally okay. like, it's me, my Evan, my partner, uh, his cousin who I grew up with, <laughs> Mikey, uh, who, who is in finance, nice. a woman, Hanine, who we went to college with, it. who, uh, you know, um, some people from our movie company, like it, it's a very, uh, yeah, it's a very small, like team of people who, who, yeah, we I make was, all the decisions. I, you know, Seth, I was thinking of you this morning. You know, I was thinking, I was reflecting on the book and how much I liked it. And, 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 and I've known you now for a couple of years. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Seth's got to go I out. I first and, talked to you like 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, we've been having this conversation for a long time. <laughs> and crazy. I was reading the, uh, of course, every time you go out and promote something, something, um, controversial or something happens. <laughs> always. Uh, <laughs> you, you, always. Like you got interviewed, I guess, about the book. And they were asking you about your relationship with James Franco, who was a friend of yours. And then they started bringing up that he had sex allegations and blah, 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 blah. And you were so honest. You were like, you know what? This sucks. Yeah. This is a guy who's a friend of mine. Then I have to make a decision. Do I believe this? Do I not believe this? Am I still friends with him? And I am encountering this myself with people yeah. that I know who have been friends of mine for a long time. And it's very, very difficult when someone you know is up uh, on allegations because there's no book written about this. This is another weird thing with Hollywood. You know, it, you know, where do you draw the line with people? And I was thinking, Jesus, every time you go out and promote something, people put it to you. But I thought your responses were incredibly honest. And you said, you know what? I, I can't be friends with someone who's got this going on. It is, it's tough. Yeah. It is, it is tough making these decisions all the time about who you're going to work with and who you agree with morally and who you don't. It's tough. It is tough. It's hard. And like you're saying, yeah, there's no rule book for it. I don't, I don't pity myself though in any of these situations. Like I, no, you know, I, 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 I think it's no, kind of shitty. I mean, it's yeah, a tough, it is shitty. It, it is shitty, but truthfully, like I'm not a victim in, in any of this, you know? Right. Um, right. and I understand. You know, and, 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 and I, again, like, like I say in the book and like you brought up, I try to be honest and I understand that it is, um, part of who I am telling people I am is that I am an honest person and I want to be that, you know? Um, yeah. and I don't want to be someone who avoids questions or who says they don't want to talk about certain things. I, right. I don't. And even though that is true, <laughs> there are certain things I very much don't want to talk about, but I, I want to do my best to try to be as honest as I can. And, um, yeah. And some of these things are very uncomfortable to talk about, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I do my best to navigate them, but, um, but again, I don't, you know, I don't pity myself at all in these things. Like I, it, it's tough and it's awkward and it's very sad sometimes, but that being said, like my life, the trade-off is so wonderful. Like my life is great. Right. I have a job I love. The fact that I'm heavily scrutinized, that my words are picked apart, that there's a lot of articles about me, that I'm asked hard questions about the people who I've worked with in the past, who I've had relationships with. I, 
that is a that goes along with the territory and it is an okay trade-off and they they are not things i i love but they are things that i understand that are a part of this you know and 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 i do like the good parts of my life enough that right. these, you know these things that are uncomfortable um and and also people want to hear me talk about them and so i also don't want to act like it's a thing that i don't owe to them in some way you know um if if you know me as someone who is honest and there's a certain subject that you feel like i've not addressed i understand how that would be disappointing or upsetting you know and so i try to again i try to be someone who answers yeah these types of things and speaks to them as honestly is it ever fair to say to someone who's interviewing you you know what fuck it man i just don't want to talk about it i i I think there is sometimes yeah like i i do think there is sometimes i think there's a time and a place but i think the truth is like i try not to if it's something that i think that people want me to be talking about people who like me and people who are fans of mine want me to be talking about they don't want to be like i like him but I just won't talk about this thing and it fucking bugs me <laughs> you know no, i don't, your honesty I don't want to be that person you know um i i want to be I want to try to present myself genuinely and I don't want to have these things where I'm like, Oh, uh, Oh yeah, that's the thing I don't talk about. <laughs> um, Cause yeah, honestly, like it's stressful enough to do interviews like this I, I, and just do press in general to also keep track of like a laundry list of things that I don't want to talk about or that I'm trying to like navigate, uh, navigate some deception on or something like that would just be too much to do. Like, I think it is, it's ultimately easier for me to just be as honest as I can um, than to try to fabricate some perspective, yeah. you know? That's why I love the book so much. I really feel you were super honest, and I really felt like I was a friend of yours hanging out with you when you were talking to me about your life, and it was an interesting fucking life. And now you got to go nice. out and promote the book. And yep. um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'll tell you, and then it, it's weird too because then when they say to you, hey, Hey, what what you feeling on James Franco? And they're like, Hey, I got you on this because you're going to be a hypocrite and stuff like that. And then the guy is a friend of you. And then and then I was like, Oh shit! Then you got to pick up the phone. I, I'm not good at this. You got to pick up the phone and go. I can't be friends with you anymore or something like that. And it just I don't know how you navigate all this shit. I just don't. I don't either. No, <laughs> let me know what you do. Give me a call. <laughs> I, no, I was gonna, I'm actually going to call you and say, How did you do that? Because I. <laughs> it's not all clear. It's just not. No. Nothing is clear. It, it's. Um, it's not. But all I admired clear. your stance. It's very difficult. Um, I admired yeah, your stance, and I admired that you, you didn't um, avoid the question. No, and I didn't. I can't avoid the question. Truthfully, um, you know, uh, I, I just can't. Like it, it's not. It's. I, I can't avoid any question, really. You know, um, and so yeah, I, 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 I was honest. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, Did listen, you make a I'm, call? Uh, you really called and said, I can't be your friend anymore? I have not made specific calls to that. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, but, I was like, <laughs> it's just sort of known, I guess. It's, uh, I get it's uh, such an uncomfortable thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what do you do? Boy, you made a call. That's really bold. I know. Well, I don't that, know. That, that's probably worse, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like one of those things you got to just kind of like. Um, you don't make the call, but everyone kind of knows, and it's uh, very, very complex. It's not, it's not easy to navigate. But uh, listen, there's a lot of 
stuff in this book I didn't even get to. Obviously, you should read it. Um, I think you're really going to enjoy it. There's a great story about cum dumpsters, too, in this book. That I wanted to get to, <laughs> That's one of my favorite I'm gonna ones. Tease. Oh, my God. <laughs> It is the greatest. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll leave that as a teaser. Come dumpsters exactly. too. Uh, that truly the, makes. That's what that truly makes me laugh every time I think of it. Well, you're so right. I mean, you know, and when you watch porn, and then suddenly they have like a tribute to the victims of 9/11. Before, I mean, it is crazy. Like, what are they thinking? This is porn. But I mean, it's yet, porn. Yet, it what? shows how porn people, and God bless it, don't think it's. Like have no perspective on what on that it's porn. <laughs> yes, but when I'm jerking off, when I'm jerking off, I don't want to think about nine eleven. I'm trying to escape nine no. eleven when I'm jerking off. And you make some very to, good though. points about it. I mean, yeah. you know, oh, when you were talking about Meryl Streep and like you know, yes, she's a great actress, but she didn't take a dick and she can take six dicks in her ass to get a, <laughs> an AVN award. You're so right. I mean, uh, there's a lot more. No, the you, AVNs, they were, yeah, like I've been, like I said, the Grammys, a lot of award shows. I do like no one is more, and I'd say deservedly, emotionally happy to be getting the awards <laughs> that they are getting than the winners of the <laughs> AVN awards. And I get, I've seen people win Oscars. I've seen all this shit. Those people are very happy to be getting their awards at the they AVN. They are. And they genuinely deserve it. It's fucking, it's a true accomplishment what they're doing. <laughs> well, listen, Seth, it's always, a pl- I mean, I could talk to you for 17 hours. I know. There's <laughs> enough of a life, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you that long. I'm sure you've got other shows to do and, and places to go to promote the book. But uh, you're terrific, man. The the, the you memoir too, yearbook. Man. I, I always Thanks. love it, and I uh, I'm glad I'm glad you read it, so you could see that I uh, reference uh, how much I love doing your show in the book and how you keep me honest. So uh, I hey, appreciate that. <laughs> I never I, I I never read a book so fast. I, I was yeah, really disappointed because I have trouble finding books that I really love. I'm not me a too. big reader of books. I mean, I'll read the Times every day and this and that. But the book yeah. was like I was like, ah, oh, shit, this book's over. Fuck. I was really enjoying uh, the way you wrote it. And the way you 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 were honest and and it was just funny. You had a lot of great lines and a lot of great thoughts in there. So again, I can't recommend it enough. Yearbook officially comes out tomorrow. It's available now for pre order wherever books are sold. I think you'll really enjoy it. And it's uh, and Seth's uh, weed uh, company is going pretty strong. And he's doing plant. Go to houseplant.com. Our home goods are available nationwide. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was thinking about you and your wife. In a way, I don't know that you ever wanted kids or not, but nope. I'm glad you, you don't. I, I'm glad no. you don't have kids because I don't think you you are into so many things and so many projects. I don't think you would be able to give the time to being a good father. And, oh, no, I, for sure not. Um, or or I wouldn't be able to do all this work that I like. Um, no, I it's it's 100%. People are always like, and, and it's something I think I was uncomfortable answering this before, but they were like, how do you do so much? And, like, the answer is I don't have kids. Like, if people are like, how do you do pottery and write a book and make all these movies and TV shows? It's it's that I don't have kids. <laughs> well, because it, have, all of this stuff. nothing requ- else to do. <laughs> all of this stuff requires a tremendous amount of time and self-involvement. Yeah, and and you're sure. right not to have kids. Why put a kid through that if you don't have time for a kid? 
and Lauren's down with this too, right? She's okay. She doesn't want kids. You know, I would say she wants kids less than I do. <laughs> like, and if she had wanted to be talked into it, she's Seth, like, no. <laughs> would that have been a deal breaker in your romantic relationship if if she had really wanted a bunch of kids? Would it have been? No, something? that's the thing. Is no. like, I think I could wrap my head around it, but I think she's just like, uh, no. <laughs> right. Which right. Is great. We have so much fun. Like, I don't know anyone who gets as much happiness out of their kids as we get out of our non-kids like we are like we're fucking psyched all the time we're laying in bed on saturday morning smoking weed like watching movies naked just being like if we had kids we could not be fucking doing this like this is well like there is no one whose child is giving them as much joy as we are right now getting because we do not have a kid by the way seth have you noticed how many couples who have kids have broken up during the pandemic. But yes, I know several of them. <laughs> yes. It's a tough, it's not an easy haul having kids. No. You cannot be, a, you can't be narcissistic. You have to give yourself no. over to parenting and uh, they've got to be the priority. And yeah, it's like, hard. I don't want that. Yeah, I want, I, right. yeah, I, <laughs> that's, that's, that does not sound fun to me. <laughs> All right, here's one final stat. And why? Set. There's enough kids out there. Who needs oh, fucking, there's so many. We need, more, we need more people? Who looks at the planet right now and thinks, you know what we need? More fucking people. Like, that's what I, that is truly a confounding thing to me. What is it, 7 billion people on the planet right yeah. now? 7 billion, and we're pretty sure things are going to shit. Uh, exactly. Like what? Yeah, like, look at what all these people are up to. Exactly, oh, Robin. Like, it's like I picture like it's like I, I was thinking like like if I was like right now like if there was like robot overlords like you know like like hurting us into like the slave mines and my dad was still here I'd be like did you know this shit was coming when you had it <laughs> like, I feel like they would have to be like yeah we kind of thought it might but we will you know we hoped it would we hoped you'd be the one that fixed it all <laughs> here's the final stat for the day Seth has been coming on the show since 2008. Today is his 17th appearance, and I know everybody what? loves wow. it. <laughs> we've, we've had 17 very intense conversations. Just I love so you that. Know. There's some people what, that I'm, uh, some of my very close family, I haven't had that many Me <laughs> too. Those encounters, yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, and you can say that this is better. We're treating you better than Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, very good. Watch, watch <laughs> the episode. Is all I, I gotta go say. and watch it. And I'm gonna certainly. do it. Well, it's right funny because in, in like the same week, I did, I did David Chang's show, this breakfast, lunch, and dinner show, and like we couldn't have got along better. It was like this wonderful trip in Vancouver. We smoked weed and ate in all my favorite restaurants. And I think like the same week, uh, the Seinfeld one came out, and my mother, I remember calling her, being like, "It's a really good illustration of you being very comfortable and you being very uncomfortable, <laughs> like in a, in a real like one to one comparison." <laughs> Wow. You know, uh, yes. So 17 appearances, certainly one of my favorites was when we were in L.A. and you and Snoop came in. Oh, me and Snoop. That was fucking great. Oh, was that fucking funny. That was so great. I smoked. After that appearance, I went to his trailer with him and smoked weed that was so strong, I had to go home and and just just sit there for a few Uh, Have you seen him since? No, but I actually think he, I, I think he's recording again for my audio book. I'm trying to get everyone who oh, I think would do it to do their actual voices for the audio book. So he, I think is recording. Last I talked, I was asking him to record some voices for some lines for my audio book. He's such a character, that guy. And, and, and oh, God knows where, he, where does he get this fucking weed? I don't know. I mean, he's everywhere. He's, if you're Snoop Dogg, the yeah. weed, weed is not hard to find. Right. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. 
it, it, it's really unbelievable. The book's unbelievable. You've lived an incredible life, and uh, you captured it well, and uh, congratulations on that. Thank and you so much for having me. I know how difficult it is to write a book like that. It's not easy. And uh, I remember reading it going, mm, I'm a little jealous here because he did a really good job, and it's funny, and I was like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't that's know. All I got to go back is to make people I know jealous. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good My thing. My only that's goal a good is a performer. <laughs> uh, so much well, I didn't get to, so but uh, you can read about it in the book. Seth Rogen. He wrote a book called Yearbook, and uh, you can order it right now for pre-order. And tomorrow it goes on sale everywhere. So thanks a lot, Seth. Thanks for spending so much time with us. No problem. And it was a real pleasure. Good to see you guys. Good to see bye you bye. too. Bye. Seth Rogen, everybody. Like that guy. Like that guy. The book really is good. I really want you to read it, Robin. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to watch that show with Jerry Seinfeld, too. I can't wait to see it. Now i got to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds hysterical. Knowing how uncomfortable he was with Jerry makes it even better. I want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I can't wait till I see him tell that story about Jerry, you know, ruining his spot when he's going to audition and not even caring. Like, it doesn't even make an impression on him. No. No, no, no. He tells them really well. <laughs> the stories are told well in the book. And, uh, yes, that's been on the show like 17 times. I'll have him on whenever he wants to be on. That's great. I didn't even know that. It's always fun whenever he's here. Yeah, I actually was coming downstairs today to do the show and. I was, uh, I open up the, I open up the Google thing and it's like, oh, Seth Rogen talks about his relationship with James Franco, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I went, oh, he's promoting yeah. the book. And, and he was very honest. He said, you know, I was disturbed by this and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, it's kind of ended our friendship. And I was like, wow, that must have been painful, you know. Well, sure. Absolutely. Anytime, yep. you know, you've had somebody in your life who, you know, you've had wonderful times with, you've, you know, done great projects with, you've hung out a lot, and they were friendly. They've come in here together. That's right. That's right. But uh, Seth wasn't thrown by any question when this interviewer asked him about it. And he yeah. was like, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it's been very difficult for me. And, you know, it, it, he's a refreshing guy, and I always sort of admired Authentic. his open. Yeah. Yeah, like he never lied about doing weed and, you know. He just seems very, yeah, very authentic. That's the, yeah. that's the word. I love the Nicolas wow. Cage thing too, because I always feel that Nicolas Cage is the strangest human being on earth. Well, yeah, because you always read like he's he's got a new marriage and he named his kid after Superman. He was Kal-El and, uh, you know, you just. And then for a while he walked around like Elvis, because I remember the time yeah. he came into our studio, <laughs> he was dressed like Elvis. Yeah. I always thought, like, Nicolas Cage to me is a really good actor, and I just remember seeing him and Peggy Sue got married, and he chose this really weird voice. He did yeah. the whole movie like, hey, this is me. And, hey, <laughs> hey, Peggy Sue. And I was like, wow, that's fucking weird, man. That's that's out there for an actor. Yeah. Like, he put on, <laughs> and then, like, when I was reading Seth's book, I was like, wow. He came up with this character that Seth had said had nothing to do with his movie. Didn't know what to do. <laughs> And then he just has to leave. Yeah. You know, that's the best. Yeah. You, you yeah. didn't like what I did. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stories. I couldn't get to all of them. Talks about Kanye West. Yeah, but, time with yeah. him. And, you know, it's a, he did a good job with the book. It's called Yearbook. All right. Well, we'll get back together tomorrow. We have plenty more to do. And so that's that. Uh, we might as well say goodbye, right? 
Well, I don't know what else we could do after uh, that. Are people still with us? They, you know, I'm they gonna... don't usually expect us to be on this lot. That's right. They think we left. <laughs> By the way, I, uh, yeah, I had to pee pretty bad for the last half hour, so I was almost going to go in my pants. So, <laughs> in honor of his story, <laughs> yeah, that, I was like, that doesn't seem like too. <laughs> he shit his pants. That doesn't sound like a bad idea right now. <laughs> All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.